Hello, everyone. Welcome to Retirement Puzzle, brought to you by Monash Center for Financial Studies. In this podcast, we look at the current critical trends in the pension sector and how they impact us all. My name is Bei Cui, a researcher with the center. I'm one of the three hosts of Retirement Puzzle, along with Dr. Na Feng and Dr. Umo Ruspa. In this episode, I discuss with Na and Umo an important opportunity they were given in 2019 by Australian Treasury. They presented their research on the impact of the superannuation guarantee on household savings, which was part of the review into Australia's retirement income system. Na has a PhD and is a charter holder with the CFA Institute. Her research interests include ESG, which stands for environmental, social, and governance. She also researches shareholder activism, pensions, and superannuation. She has worked for the International Finance Corporation, which is part of the World Bank Group. My other colleague, Umo, has a PhD from MIT and has worked for the World Bank. She researches sustainable finance and retirement planning. Today, we discuss their findings in more depth. Hi, Nan Umo. Could you please tell us why you think that Retirement Income Review considered the effect of superannuation guarantee on household savings as a very important issue? Um, thanks, Bay, for the question. Um, yeah, I think SG or superannuation guarantee and household savings and the in- interaction between them uh, are quite important. Um, SG or Superannuation guarantee plays an important role in national savings and in the retirement income system of Australia as well. Our superannuation guarantee um, is mandatory super savings. Currently, it is 9.5 of wages, um, which is relatively high compared to the world. Uh, While somebody might argue uh, that it should even be higher. But if we look around, for the UK, it is 8%. For Canada, it is 7.9%. And for the US, it is only 2.5%. Thanks to the accumulation of compulsory super contributions over time, the value of Australia's super assets has grown from just over $73 billion um, to over $3 trillion dollars last year after about, you know, 30 years. So that was uh, an increase of 40 times um, during the last 30 years. And that means um, it has a compound annual growth rate of 13% per year, making Australia the fourth largest private pension system in the world, even when we have such a modest population. Okay, now, so what can we see at a household level? Does super guarantee promote household savings in superannuation? Well, yes, at the household level, we also see a very good picture. We have seen um, that over time, the average value of super asset tripled from about $80,000 to more than $240,000 during the last 20 years. And that represents more than a quarter of the household's net worth. Super assets have become the second largest asset on um, the household's balance sheet just after property. 
So maybe after about 30 years, since the uh, introduction of uh, superannuation guarantee, superannuation has become a major savings vehicle for Australian households. That is super savings. Uh, what about household private saving outside the super system? Uh, well, that is something that, that we are not sure and that's that motivated us uh, to do this research. Because the main observation is that together with the accumulation of super asset over time, we also have seen a decline in the net household saving rates. The net household saving rate has reduced to just around 3% uh, of disposable income in um, you know, 2020, and it used to be about 8% just a decade ago. So while this is similar to the UK, and our saving rate is still higher than the US, um, our rate indeed is quite low compared to other developed countries. For example, France or Singapore, um, both save for more than 10%, and Japan or Korea or Germany save from about 5 to 8%. Sure, now, so it means that the mixed international evidence leads you to the question whether, you know, savings and a mandatory superannuation guarantee has reduced private savings also Australians. Um, I think this is maybe one of the reasons that the Retirement Income Review wanted to investigate as well. Um, and from what you said just now, Na, the uh, primary purpose of increasing superannuation guarantee is to grow um, compulsory retirement savings. Um, but as far as I know, um, there are still some different views on whether it should be increased gradually. Um, the current rate for the superannuation guarantee um, is 9.5%, and the government legislated to grow the rate to 12% by 2025. Um, so, Umu, from your research, what do you find about the impact of the increasing superannuation guarantee on household savings? Um, does it having compulsory savings make people save more? Uh, no, way, it doesn't. In fact, we found that it makes people save less. For example, uh, when the superannuation guarantee went up from 9% to 9.25% in 2013, savings rate declined by 6.3%. And when it went up further to 9.5% the following year, private household savings declined by 6.1%. However, uh, from this finding, it is not possible to answer your question whether the superannuation guarantee rate should be increased from 9.5% to 12%. So, Mo, you mean that when the uh, superannuation guarantee rate increases, people actually have less incentive to save themselves? Uh, yes, Bay, you got it correct. Okay. Um, it means that superannuation guarantee crowds out private savings. Um, do you know how big the substitution is? Um, does it end to all the savings generated by superannuation guarantee or just a part of it? Um, now, would you like to address this? Um, yes, thanks, Bay. Yeah, we, we found a significant substitution between compulsory employer super contributions and household savings. But this substitution is not one-to-one. -one. So basically what we mean is, you know, when employer super contribution increases by $1, um, people reduce uh, their private household saving but by less than a dollar. And uh, to be exact, each dollar of employer contribution reduces private household saving by 43 cents. 
Now, this basically means that compulsory super crowns out some private household saving. So the net effect on SG or on, on superannuation guarantee on saving is positive. And I would like to add here that about 24 cents out of this 43 cents, so more than half of this decline in net household saving came from increased mortgage repayments to buy property. Um, this means as uh, employer contribution to super increases, more people borrow to buy property and that leads to higher mortgage repayments and therefore they have lower household saving. So, but also it means that households are not consuming all of this 43 cents. They are investing part of that in property and that in the long run increases their assets and add to the national wealth. Oh, thanks, Na. Um, you know, households are different in their level of wealth. Does your research have any evidence of the substitution effects across all different types of households? Um, yes, we do, Bay, and we do look at the circumstances of the household. So, in our sample, approximately sixty-four percent of household owns their home, including those with mortgages, and forty-eight percent of households were classified as financially constrained. So what we found, we found evidence that the substitution effect is bigger for homeowners than renters. What meaning that homeowners actually reduce private savings more, perhaps due to the impact of them taking on home mortgages. However, in terms of uh, financially constrained households, there was no significant difference between um, the substitution effect for financially constrained households and those that are not. That means that financially constrained households do not reduce their savings more than non-financially constrained households. Now, this is consistent with prior behavioral liter literature um, because financially constrained households would find it difficult to borrow at any time and therefore they are less inclined to substitute the extra savings with higher consumptions. Oh, th thanks, Na. Um, so far, the household you are talking about are those who are eligible to superannuation guarantee. However, please bear in mind that not all Australians are eligible to superannuation guarantee. Um, so I'm very curious to know um, whether superannuation guarantee has effect on savings for those households who cannot get access to superannuation guarantee. Uh, yes, it does be. And this is another piece of interesting finding from our research. Uh, generally, one would not expect the superannuation guarantee to affect the behavior of households who do not receive it, right? But in our research, we find that the superannuation guarantee affects the saving behavior of both groups, those who have access to it and those who don't. Both groups reduced their savings when the superannuation guarantee rate went up. However, there are some differences. We find that the reduction in savings is bigger for those not eligible for super guarantee. Does it make sense, Umo? Uh, I think it does. Uh, first of all, households who do not have access to superannuation guarantee are usually the low-income earners, right? And their savings should be less than the high-income households. Second, uh, the link between superannuation guarantee and savings of these households, uh, it lies in how it affects their wages. 
As increase in superannuation guarantee slows wage growth, which other studies have found, the savings rate of low-income households, uh, even if they are not affected by employer uh, contribution, can go down as well. Thanks, Umo. Uh, from your findings, we have shown that the uh, superannuation guarantee indeed play a very important role in the household savings, no, ma- no matter whether they have access to superannuation guarantee. Um, but you also mentioned that in your research, household balance sheet has shifted over the uh, 15 years. And you also show that this was due to the accumulation of the compulsory super savings. Um, so, Mo, could you like explain to us what these shifts are now and how big they are? Uh, yes, be sure. Uh, as Na has already mentioned, that even though there was some substitution between savings in super and savings outside super, households' asset as a whole more than doubled in the last two decades. When we looked into the different components of their assets, we actually found that they showed a clear preference for some forms of assets over others. On average, in a four-year period, for each dollar their employer put in their super, the net wealth increased by $2.21. And the share of superannuation wealth in this was $1.51. And there was no increase in other forms of financial assets. Wow. So over the years, household have built up good wealth in superannuation, but not in other assets. Is that right? Uh, not exactly. Way. They did not build up other forms of financial assets, such as bank savings or stock investment. But we observed a big increase in property in their portfolio, which was mainly the residential home. We find that $1 increase in employer contribution was associated with $1.21 increase in property assets. Uh, One little secret I can share with you, Bay, is that we found this pattern first while we're looking into the different components of household wealth in the HILDA data. And that led us to investigate the different components of their expenditure. Only then we found out that they were making larger mortgage payments as well. And at the end, it all added up. Uh, Umo, you just mentioned that the superannuation guarantee increases households' debt and at the same time, the investment in property. Um, why do households particularly favor, favor property over other forms of assets? Uh, we think there are two forces are at play here, we. One is how one can use the savings in superannuation upon retirement. And the second is how primary residence is treated in the whole retirement system. Under the current system, a retiree can withdraw all their superannuation savings as a lump sum when they retire, and they can then use it to pay off their leftover mortgages. I guess the knowledge that I have this pot of savings growing in my super, which I can take out in 10 or 20 years, to pay off my current debt will certainly give me some confidence or incentive to borrow more, uh, in this specific case, to take bigger mortgages. And that is the case for a large number of Australians. So um, this explains the larger debt, but it doesn't answer the other part of the question. Um, Why do they borrow money to invest in property? Well, I think the the answer to this part of your question lies in the other feature of our retirement income system, uh, which is how the age pension system treats the primary residents. So in the eyes of our age pension system, um, the different kinds of assets someone owns 
are not the same. So some assets are excluded when the central link calculates the amount of age pension a retiree receives. And residential home is one of those assets. It is excluded in estimating the amount of age pension one gets. Whereas the other financial and non-financial assets, such as superannuation, bank savings and other investments, are part of that calculation. So if you if people think about where to park their money without affecting their eligibility for age pension in retirement, the best asset is the home. So the residential home is not counted in the asset test. So what about investment properties now? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. Other investment property will be counted in the asset test. It is just the residential home that is not counted. So this makes the residential home a very attractive form of assets compared to others. It does not matter how big and and valuable your residential home is. It does not affect your eligibility for the age pension or the amount that you can get. Um, These two features of the system together provide very strong incentive to invest in residential property. And this is what we found in the data. Households pay higher mortgages and have more assets in property when they have accumulated a bigger super balance. Okay, we have learned that the superannuation guarantee generates new savings and, you know, a partial relocation of household wealth into property. What we now know is that for every dollar increase in compulsory superannuation, the associated decrease in private savings is less than $1. This suggests that the compulsory superannuation system in Australia generates a net overall savings increase. Thank you again, Nana Umo, for sharing with us insights from your research. You have been listening to Retirement Parcel from the Monash Center for Financial Studies. If you have enjoyed it, please tell your colleagues and friends about us. You can subscribe to our show and don't forget to leave us a review. If you want to collaborate with us on retirement-related issues, please get in touch with us at mcfsinfo at monash.edu.